Welcome to the Mix in the Six podcast. I'm your host, Gina Marie, and thank you for tuning in to hear stories from the Mix community in Toronto and beyond. This podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples covered by Treaty 13. This space is all about sharing our stories, building community, and learning from one another and having fun. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Hey, if you are sick of feeling shame or guilt for eating the foods that you want to eat and are curious about an intuitive eating approach instead, the No Bad Foods membership is the perfect fit. My name is Michelle Cordero, she, her pronouns, and I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor and anti-diet nutritionist. As a member of No Bad Foods, you'll gain access to specialized workshops and movement classes led by myself and other expert guest facilitators doing incredible work in the community. Join us for live weekly check-ins as well as a ton of intuitive eating resources. Everything is recorded, so once you join, you can check out the full dashboard of snackable information as well as the community page for asking questions, sharing recipes, and connecting to everyone in the membership. And the best part, as listeners of the Mixed in the Six podcast, I have a couple offers exclusively for you. Using the code Mixed in the Six, you'll get 30% off your first month of the membership as well as free access to my Introduction to Diet Culture workshop. This workshop will help you uncover the sneaky and harmful ways that diet culture is impacting your life. So head to nobadfoodsmembership.com, sign up, and remember to use the code mixed in the six. Here's to finding and uplifting your food joy while feeling nourished, energized, and super supported along the way. I cannot wait to see you there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a special, very special episode of the Mixed in the Six podcast. We have the co-founder the one and only Han Palku Chang here on the podcast. Welcome. What up? What up? Han, you are a world-renowned chef. You've been cooking for many, many years here in Toronto, Vancouver, Copenhagen, Paris, Singapore. You're also the chef de cuisine at Favorites Thai Barbecue in Toronto and the newer pop-up Safta's Falafel and Mama Liga. And also the most wonderful chef at all of our past Mix in the Six <laughs> events, which I miss dearly. And we are just super, super excited to have you on and we get to catch up finally after the third season of the show. Yeah, it's okay. You know, save the best for the third season. Yeah, I know. You know what? I always knew, even though, you know, it's been a while since we've had an in-person conversation because of COVID and obviously our events, but you know, the spirit is still alive. You're always like the, the father of the mixies. Yeah, the fire is still burning. The deep fire inside. Is still- we're like, it's like we're like a mixed race menorah just keeps on burning <laughs> it keeps on burning for sure <laughs> so okay I always start off because even though I know I th- I think I know your mix I should know but tell us what is your mix Han so all the people who don't know you will know you yeah so I am half Taiwanese and half Romanian and I mean that's the majority of it if you want to get really technical I'm like one eighth English as well but let's just say half Taiwanese, half Romanian. And see, that's different than when I met you because you, you I remember, well, no, it's different, but you had, you had said, and it was also in, I think in your bio at one point that you're a Chinese Romanian. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, I think everybody goes through a progression 
of how they identify when they're mixed. I identified as Chinese before because I grew up, when I grew up, there's no Taiwanese people in Toronto. Mm, yeah. There's all people from Hong Kong. And so like my growing up, I went to Cantonese restaurants. My grandparents spoke Cantonese because they had, they were speaking Cantonese to the other people in Toronto. So that's kind of how I identified. And then I think it really became more important for me to identify as Taiwanese as mm -hmm. I traveled and there was wasn't necessarily the best reputation for Chinese people in Europe and even in Asia. So I just started saying Taiwanese eventually, this is which you is you know, technically that. true. It's technically true. But so it's just easier for me to do that now. Beautiful. And does your, and your dad is, he's Taiwanese. He's Taiwanese. Yeah. yeah. Does he identify as mixed since there's like a little bit of English there? I'm making he, an assumption that he's, he's the one with the English. He identifies as a banana, as <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, I'm, I'm only saying it because he says it, but right. he's identifies as Taiwanese heritage. Mm -hmm. He does have a little bit of English. I guess he's a quarter English because my grandmother was actually mixed as well. But he, he I, I almost feel like he identifies more as Canadian than, than I do in some respects. Yeah. Has he traveled a lot? He's traveled yeah. a lot. He's never lived anywhere else outside of, Canada, outside of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas I've done the opposite. You're a world traveler. That's also a where you get traveler. all of the wonderful like food influences and in all the things that you do. Yeah. When you say yeah. Yeah. Totally. Also well, growing up in Toronto too, right? And yeah. so let's let's talk mix in the six because yeah. I mean I think that's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> Where have you been? But we also know you've been busy doing all of your chef stuff. And we're gonna talk about a little bit about that. But you know, our our famous story of our failed Tinder date. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. And I've talked about it on the podcast, like, you know, a bunch of people always ask me, even when I'm on like other podcasts or other things, like, how did it all start? And you and I, we had connected not, well, yeah, we connected because we were mixed. I think that was also part of the part of our message back and forth, right? Was yeah. like, hey, are you mixed? Yeah, are you? <laughs> Wait, so am I. And then I had mentioned that I had done the Mix in the Six, or no, Mixed Students Association at York, and you had gone to Queens, and I don't believe that there was one there. Am I right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think I think coming back from, well, this is a circuitous, circuitous way to get to what we were about to talk about, but basically growing up, yeah. I didn't really identify, like I, I knew intellectually I was mixed, but mm -hmm. it never really came up. In, yeah. in the circles that because I, I you know when I was growing up with my white family I was more or less white enough that that never really came up mm -hmm. and then when I was with my Asian family they were very anglicized because of my grandma was mixed as well so it's like I never was ostracized in the, on that side so I just I, I never it never really was an issue for me growing up it was only when I moved to Europe and Asia to cook that people like were oh, you're like, like, why do you speak English? You're Chinese. Like mm. those, those type of conversations happen every day. I was like, wait, what am I? Who, <laughs> Who am, am I? I? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And so then when I came back, I was like really interested in it. And then it, that sort of was the, the starting point of a lot of relationships. It's definitely with you. It was like a bonding thing. And I was like obsessed with trying to figure that question out. Yeah. And so that's how that whole relationship started. Yeah. And I, and I remember that because I, remember when we were, how could you forget? Remember when we were interviewed by Matt Galloway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you had said that like it, 
that um, your the your mixedness kind of didn't really come into question until you had traveled and it was it became like a topic of conversation. And yeah. so for me, I always felt like there was something missing growing up, but for you, it kind of came into play like later on in life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And did you want like before mixing the six? Did you feel like you like wanted to build a community with other mixed people, and that was something that you were kind of hopeful to do? Well, I think that it was one of those situations where you you know what's that saying you don't know you need something until it's like shown whatever <laughs> it's, it's shown there. you it's there you don't you don't know if you need it until until you see it right so that was that type of situation where it's like I was just going on a pretty good life and then you know these questions came up and then having the connections with you and you know eventually with what we built and the people we met it, it became a massively important part of my life I mean it still it still is important now but especially in those you know three years or whatever that we were really pushing the brand together it was super important and like it gave me a lot of answers and it gave me a lot of community that I didn't know I needed for yeah. sure what answers did did you get I think for me the answers were, were like there was no right answer number one <laughs> I think Good that answer. was that you know but that was that was a big thing right it's like when people are asking you these binary questions overseas like oh so you're like Chinese or oh oh you're like if I'm in China then I'm like white or whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's like well it's not exactly <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not exactly as easy to like it doesn't really boil down to that you know there's so many shades in between there and like how people choose to identify within those shades also makes it even more complicated. So I think meeting other mixed people and hearing their stories, you feel community in the sense that you feel like all these people have experienced similar things, but there is no real right answer, right? About how you like, how you identify, what you identify with more, there's no right answer. And I think that was what was beautiful about it, you know? is people bonding over a certain shared experience, but we all dealt with it in our own way and had our own stories to tell. Mm, yeah, I love that. And it reminds me of something Sarah Chasm said in one of our earlier episodes in season one, where, you know, you're, you know, there is no right answer. She said, she's like, you're a, I think she was like, you're a whole answer. So instead of having to kind of be confused about who we are or try to find like the right answer to explain our identity, it's just whatever answer you want to give, it's a whole answer. That's what, you know, and I, I, I felt that way as well with being part of MSA and Mixed in the Six was, I've mentioned this before, I've, I've stopped saying I'm half Filipino or I'm half Canadian. I just say I'm, I'm mixed Filipino Canadian. And now, oh, I have added Welsh and French to the mix because oh, I've wow. got my, D, my ancestry Perfect. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of an, it's, it's, there was a little, it's interesting for me too, because that's something new and our identities and how we can describe ourselves and, and share and communicate to that to people can change and evolve, which, you know, both of us have, have done in our own way. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So mix the six, it started in 2016. I'm pretty sure, which is yeah. blows my mind high because it's now like 2021 and so many things have changed and evolved. But I, I want to kind of go back to those early days. Like I know you found that sense of community and knowing there's no like right answer to explain who, who we are and how we identify But what else, like what, what was it like for you to be like, let's go back to our first event. Like what was that like for you cooking for 25 of our newest, closest mixed friends that we hadn't met? Some of them we knew before, but yeah. What was that like for you? Well, that, I mean, that first night was very special. I think I think we can agree. I mean, I think all of the events that we put on to a point were extremely special for us, 
you know, just, just as for us too, but I think also for other people. But that first one was really neat. And because, you know, I'm not going to lie, mixed is a, a broad spectrum. But mm-hmm. when I was first discovering this stuff, I, like for me, mixed was like other Eurasians. Yeah. You know, because that's like, that's the story I wanted to figure out first. Right. So like, you know, everything else is valid. But at that first time when I was really starting to, just, to figure this stuff out, like I wanted to connect with more people that had a similar background. And that first one we did was almost all Eurasians. I think just, you know, by luck, it wasn't, it wasn't, because, like, it, was, it wasn't because we were like, no other mixes allowed. It was just like, that's just who ended up coming. Yeah. But, being, kind of who but it was like, the first, it was, it was my personal first time that I'd been in the whole room of people that looked like me and had this similar story, which yeah. is like very powerful when you've grown up as, you know, me and my sister, the only mm-hmm. mixed Asian kids in our whole neighborhood. Right. And, and, you know, in your case, it's like the whole town or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. And like that for me was, extremely emotional like it was Mm. it was a a really special night for me and I think we all made like lasting friendships Mm -hmm. from the people we met in that first night so that was yeah it was very 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 special you have emotions (laughs) yeah I have them despite my monotone voice and the fact that I never cry it is bottled up somewhere deep inside (laughs) it was like one single tear almost fell that night but then got yeah Yeah. it was a whisper of the tear it was a whisper of the tear I'm pretty sure I did cry that night because I felt I also felt that sense of like connection and camaraderie and excitement I think we we had gone out after the dinner to I can't remember some place I remember it was was get well yeah get well yeah and all of us so like so many of us were meeting for the very first time and I think we all gave each other like this huge group hug and we we're all looking at each other looking like at other other hapas other mixies and being like oh my gosh this is actually happening it felt so like it, it I felt so elated and like I after our events there was like this huge like buzz that would stay with me for like for weeks really 100 percent. yeah like, I, I think that was the case for almost all the events we did you know so it was always you know always painful to set up but then the feeling <laughs> after was I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. It was it was a lot of work and it was totally totally worth it cuz you would you would like you know painstakingly cook for the first it was like 20 people then it turned into like hundreds right and then we'd have weeks and weeks of preparation it was just the two of us and then we were so lucky to have you know Michaela help us out with some of the social media and other um, people helping you out in the kitchen and volunteering it was a lot of work but wait I don't want to I just want to go back to this like feeling of elation Just before Mix and Mix and Six started, we had like hung out, went for coffee and, you know, our whole failed Tinder Nate thing. But then remember we saw each other at Oshiega? Oh, at, oh, at festival. <laughs> oh, no, at festival. Yeah, yeah, at festival. Okay, so this was another time. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was, at <laughs> festival. But this, th- like, Mix and the Six hadn't, had not started. It was not a thing. But you were there with your sister, Melina, yeah. and I was there with my sister. <laughs> And we're all like four mixies and we're walking towards each other and we're like, I'm like, Han? And you're like, Gina? And we're like, is this your sister? And it's like, is this your sister? And then even at that point, the four of us being siblings and then all being mixed, just all meeting in this like ginormous event with thousands of people, like what are the chances? And then we just rocked out all day. (laughs) I mean, obviously, you know, we'll keep it PG for the, for the, for the, for the followers, but it's like, 
I think what was what was there's so many layers of that day of you know what bonded us into making mm-hmm. mixed in the six but it was like we've gone on a couple dates and we'd kept it very like cerebral yeah. <laughs> he was like we were talking about philosophy and like psychology yeah. and psychology so like I think we like we immediately got along in that way you know like we had good conversations and then we were like you know we were we, we got we were, turned. we got turned let's just say <laughs> that's what the kids say that's our favorite word you know it's a bit archaic now but let's just say it call it what it is we got turned and we had an incredible time and we we realized that we both loved to party mm-hmm. we're and good like at music it. yeah and, and had we were, fun and we had the best time and like just talking about it now speaking of me being a robot like it's still like I get that feeling in the heart it was it was like you know that was a special day yeah it was a special day well and that also I bring that up because that was when we were like let's like let's actually do this mix in the six thing or like the like get people together I don't know if it was like we thought about it at that time or if it was something we had kind of just mentioned but afterwards when we all just had the like the best time at festival bonding and again it was one of the first times I hung out with like another like other mixed people out side of MSA from York and it had been a really long time since we had had like an MSA event and we just had like just so much positivity and then we're like you know what let's just do this and then we met and then started on our first event which was at that the loft in Queen on Queen Street some friends of mine used to live in a cool loft space that they rented out for like house concerts and it was like the hottest day of the year (laughs) it was it was so humid and it was like July and there was a thunderstorm and then just seeing it all come together like it was yeah it was so beautiful and then it was a start of something that went on for a few years like until yeah yeah, it was three years I think three years yeah 2019 I think was our last in-person event and then like you know we both got busy and then COVID happened now we have the podcast and you know which is a collaboration with Michaela with support with Sarah from Sarah and Melanie on social media but before that we had so many great events and I, I'm curious like what's what was some of your favorite moments your favorite events maybe some of the most challenging times yeah I mean I I think yeah I mean before before the the podcast right it was all which you, you're doing a great job with but it was like it was all event-based mm-hmm. which was which was pretty cool and I don't know I think <laughs> I felt like every every one we did more or less to a point was bigger and bigger and we would be like doing our thing and I think the best memories I have besides the connections and all that stuff is just like finishing it and be like wait we just didn't did an event for 175 people yeah <laughs> we were like what <laughs> what this all started when we were turned no sh- or, or at festival and like we we're like we should get some friends together that are mixed and then and then we we're like we're renting out a ballroom in a hotel for 175 people and we just organize an event and like you know what I mean so it's like I think that feeling after everything and and that feeling that these things actually meant something to yeah. quite a lot of people yeah that was a great that was great like knowing that it wasn't just us it was it was really something that people were interested in and actually meant something to a lot of people so yeah that was that was always a good good feeling after them yeah I I agree especially having such like you know humble beginnings of the little loft and then you know selling out the Gladstone and 
you know, people knowing about mix in the six and even some of the more established, I will not say more established, but for instance, like I was on militantly mixed podcast and Charmaine just has been doing the podcast for a while and doing an incredible job. And when I was talking about mix in the six of the events that we had in person, she was saying, she's like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I wish we had that where, you know, where she lives. And, and that's something that is really special about getting people together in community and, and actually making friends. And that was, that's always been one of my favorite things is as much as like my mouth was so dry and I was so tired from talking to everybody all night and, and hosting when I got to sit back and look at the group and the crowd of people actually like talking and making friends and, and then building those connections, like outside of our events, that always made me feel really great. Cause that was what I felt like I was missing growing up was were people outside of my family who were mixed, who I could connect with that could understand the the experience that I was having. And then, you know, we could actually maintain a friendship because I always felt like talking about race and talking about identity until MSA came to be, and then mixing the six, of course, just wasn't something that people were like really interested in outside of, you know, the communities that, that were built. So I hope that one day we can go back to doing in-person events. Well, I I think, we have to. I mean, yeah. we have to for sure. It's like I, I've been obviously taking a step back for various reasons, which we can get into later. But mm-hmm. if you want to, but it's like those events were special. I don't think we can forget that. So you know, we have to do them at some point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for sure. Oh, good. Okay, you heard it here. <laughs> we're doing another <laughs> mix in the six event. I always think about it when we do an in-person event, especially one that involves food which I think most of them, most of them did involve food, yeah, except for maybe a couple. Yeah, the coffee house and then the showing of Mix Match, the movie was at U of T. You had, you didn't cook for that one, but like- It was crappy, like U of T cafeteria. <laughs> it actually was pretty good. It wasn't your food, yeah, but, but your- like that was also something really special that like was brought to our events was that you would bring, like you would, you would cook for everybody and it would always be something really awesome and thoughtful and like mixed, <laughs> like mixed influences from all of your travels and from your heritages, which was always special. People like it always comment on how amazing your food was and still yeah. is. Yes, it's apparently. Still talented. That's what they say. <laughs> so they well, say. let's talk about like what you've been up to now I know you've been busy with favorites and your two pop-ups so tell us a little bit about those yeah I I mean I think well we can we can segue through like my stepping back from books a bit but it's like you know I I have a extremely goal-oriented mind that's how I work so it's like in 2019 I got the offer to take to open this restaurant as chef called favorites and I was given the freedom basically they were like we're hiring you to do big things and I was like I'm taking this job to win the best new restaurant in the city and I told them that in the beginning interview long story short we ended up winning best new restaurant in the city but that comes with a lot of sacrifice right Mm -hmm. you know like that comes with you know probably that first three or four months of like seven days a week 14 16 hour days and then you know cutting it down to like maybe 60 hours a week or whatever right so yeah it's like 
that's why it was like, it was it was always very hard for me to step back from mixing the stick because I all the feelings I have for it and the memories of it are genuine but I don't have my my mind is not such that I can two things you know I have to just time. I just have to go all in I just have to go all in on something it's like I don't I don't get see the point in doing something unless I'm doing the best job I can and it's hard to do that when you're juggling two things at once so anyways that's you know Cole's notes of, of like why I had to step back and like what I have I'm doing now so that was what I've been doing for the last two years and and because of COVID and the fact that everybody got so affected in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and you know people in the industry even people like me were sort of left out to draft like <laughs> left out <laughs> to go fend for themselves and so because of that I, I launched multiple concepts and pop-ups to do on the side to supplement obviously my, my severely reduced wages mm-hmm. one of them is soft as falafel which is a falafel pop-up i do with my partner janet who's who is my baby mama and also born in israel so she has like the the food knowledge and food memory for that type of food which has gone really well and i've done a a romanian pop-up called mama liga and all in between that doing you know private dinner dinners and zoom cooking lessons and you know every just hustling like crazy you know and that has taken up all my time and that's pretty much it man it's just like full-time hustle and then now I just had a baby three three months or four months ago and that's that's double the hustle now (laughs) well we're very proud of you and we love you just so you know (laughs) and I I and also also I this is like this is a quote I'm gonna be such a nerd for saying this but that I love, it's like, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So I think, you know, getting best new restaurant and doing, you know, opening two pop-ups and having a baby, that's a lot. (laughs) You got to put your focus into, into those things and make them a success, which I'm, you know, we're, we're not surprised that all of this wonderful stuff has happened and because you're a really hard worker. And I really want to try the falafel because you and Janet were recently written about in Toronto life. She is Tunisian and Ukrainian and Jewish yes and so you you guys have joined forces yeah yeah. (laughs) got it and you guys have joined forces and flavors for Safta's falafel which is really exciting so congratulations and I'm, I'm curious to know too so most importantly you're now a father to Ayala, that's how you pronounce her name, right? How do you say it? Well, I Ayala? guess in Hebrew it's like Ayala. Ayala? <laughs> I, can't say it, I can't say it properly. Ayala. Ayala. Ay- Ayala. Let's, let's go real. Let's go real Canadian twang here. Ayala. Ayala, such a beautiful name and so cute. So she is Tunisian. She's a uh, yeah. Tunisian, Tunisian Ukrainian, Ukrainian, Romanian, and Taiwanese. Taiwanese. And, and by a- the laws of the Torah, she's hundred percent Jewish. Yes. Because she's half Jewish. Yeah. From her mom, mom is Jewish. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's your mix. And yes, I will say, I won't say I'm biased because I think it's been scientifically verified, but she is an objectively extremely cute child. Well, she is actually like one of the cutest kids. She also she looks just like you. She's like clone, it freaks me out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And she's adorable because and I like I'm seeing her kind of grow up because I follow you guys on on Insta and you'll send me some pictures and videos sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, this little bean, I want to squish her. Yeah. That's the general <laughs> feedback we get. Yeah. You need to be squished and good at all times. <laughs> of course. And and so you're I know being a father is something that's you know has always been important to you. So what has that been like? I know how do you where do you start? But yeah, what is 
What is it like being a dad? Yeah, I, I mean, I think us talking about it, I mean, I think we there was a very long period where we were even joke serious talking about us having kids together as like uh a like, when we were, when we're like when we're going when we were we were both hammering through Tinder and we we're like, man, nobody's awesome. I- <laughs> Yeah, we're like awesome. So, like, I guess maybe we're gonna have to have a friend baby. So, long story short, (laughs) you you know that I've have that's something I always wanted, and that's like I'm more or less just made for dadding. Like, that's all I care about now. So, it's been the best. Everybody asked me about my, you know, every the first questions I was like, "How are you sleeping?" Yeah, I'm like, "Have you worked in a restaurant before? Have you worked sixty hour weeks for twelve years or seventy hour weeks for twelve years?" So I'm fine. I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm used to that type of sleep. So like, you know, you pointed out earlier that I might've looked a bit tired, but I say that I looked fresh. Yeah. (laughs) I look invigorated by fatherhood is how I would interpret that comment. Yeah. Everything has been sweet, man. It's the best. It's the best thing that's ever happened Mm. by a long shot. Yeah. So being a dad is very much like working at a restaurant 24 (laughs) seven and um, you're used to being without a lot of sleep, but it seems like you're also loving it. I'm curious, what was it like having a baby during COVID? Well, what else were we going to do? Well, like having, yeah, yeah. (laughs) like, I mean, like at the hospital and things like that, like with the the limited visitors. We actually had a home birth. Oh, oh my gosh. I knew that. Yeah. We had a home birth. Downtown Toronto condo. King and uh, <laughs> King and Shaw, King and Shaw condo, which honestly was the best decision we've yeah. ever made. Like we would have made. It was beautiful. I uh, I lit some candles. I put plants everywhere. I put on some ambient techno music. You know, <laughs> a little bit of jungle you put, vibe. You put on Odessa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put on. I just put on like hard dubstep. <laughs> I, no, I put on, you know, mm-hmm. like those chill, jungly yeah. house vibes. And uh, it was a beautiful thing. Like it was, the, the men vibes were incredible. Mm-hmm. Janet was a champ. She did it all natural. Amazing. Which was a sight to behold. And it was great. It was great. And honestly, like, I think it's in a certain way, it was maybe more of a blessing that it happened during COVID yeah. because, you know, we ha- I had more time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working 60 hour a day or 60 right. hour weeks and whatever. So I think it probably ended up happening the best time it could. Yeah. Uh, that sounds, it sounds very relaxing, especially the, the light jungle beats in the background. <laughs> no, but I, I, I have not had a home birth, but what I have seen and heard of them, that's like, you have a little bit more control, like you have more control of the context and the environment. Yeah and more support yeah in in a way like that's kind of tailored to your to the needs of the family to mom and baby which is which is really beautiful and exciting absolutely did you cry then I cried yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) when when she came out and I I like the the, the midwife gave me gave her to me first yeah I mean if you don't cry then you're then you really are a robot then (laughs) you're you're really a robot robot. and tell me about her name I know I know I know Ayala but what is the is there does it mean anything like gazelle or a little deer in Hebrew oh that well that makes sense because she's like a really like active jumpy baby oh yeah (laughs) he's like (laughs) she is She's going to be an incredibly, what do you call it? She's going to get high amplitude all the time, <laughs> jumping around. She's a, she's a jumper for sure. She's, she's going to be really good at high jump. Yeah, high jump. She has strong, sturdy legs. 
Yeah. Well, what do you, I, it's like, what do you love about her most? But what are the things as like, as she's growing and stuff that you're noticing about, about her that just like blow your mind? I think watching her get a sense of her own body is extremely fun to watch. Like, you know, like the, the day she discovered her toes and she just stared at them <laughs> all day. Like, you know, it's just simple little things like that her recognizing people more yeah it's it's a trip I, it's like a trip watching her every second but it's it's some it's one of those things where i don't think like it's super exciting unless it's your own child you know but i am having a blast let me tell you yeah oh, well like you said you're you are made for this and i know also your your family is so excited <laughs> to have a little boo-boo how yeah how has your your family been with ayala yeah they've been i mean you know melina my sister yeah. she's like a she's psychotically <laughs> she's... yes the family is very into her to say the least love will not be an issue for this mm-hmm. child yeah that is for sure she is very 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 loved and be now being a father yourself and you know going through this new transition in your life has have like the relationships in your family like evolved at all now that you're a dad now that you have a, a daughter i think there's definitely barriers that have broken down somewhat between like maybe not me because I'm on relatively good terms with everybody but you know some different parts of the family have sort of been like ah some things aren't worth Mm. the fight if it means I don't get to hang out with Ayala more you know so so that's nice to see is she you know she's not a miracle worker but I think she her existence puts certain things into perspective for a lot of people for sure yeah yeah. as it should you know like that's that's really all that matters at the end of the day yeah well babies bring joy that's like that's what they're that's what they do they bring people together yeah Yeah. can't look at those blue cheeks and not be like this is the best yeah this is the best She's, she's so cute. I can't wait to meet her and, and squish her and welcome her to the Mix in the Six community. Well, she's already a part of the Mix in the Six community, obviously. <laughs> and speaking of, of mixedness, have you thought about how you may like introduce her to her heritages or talk to her about her cultures, your cultures? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I know, where, where are you with your whole like mixed thing in the conversation? Because I yeah. think mine... Mine has evolved quite a bit from, since when we first met. Like, do you find, do you think it's important to have those type of conversations? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just had an episode released with Farzana Nayani and Sarah Lotus Garrett, who are both like educators and, and coaches in the, the realm of raising multiracial children. And for me, and I've talked about this before, like growing up in a small town where there weren't other mixed people and there were no conversations with my parents about race, like at all, I felt like that, that was, there was, that was a huge thing missing for me in my life, even if, and, and I had been, I had experienced microaggressions and racism and things that did impact me negatively. But even if I didn't, I would have loved to have had more conversations about where I was from, like where my mom was from, more like open dialogue about culture, race, and, and things that would have helped me perhaps like choose my own identity sooner and, and have a better sense of myself. You know, I think that 
that's something that for, you know, for my kids and future family is something that will be important. But I will say though, Han, like even being a part of Mix in the Six and MSA, like I didn't just, just because I was a part of these communities, I didn't have the, like the answers or more knowledge about how I would explain things to kids. I just knew it was going to be important. It wasn't until really doing this podcast and doing more reading and and the episode that I just spoke about with Farzana and Sarah, I was like, you know, it's important for me is actually to reflect on my own experience with like, you know, what I needed and, and see how I would impart new knowledge and a sense of identity and a sense of choice to my kids. And Farzana's book, raising multiracial, multiracial children is something I recommend to everybody. I'm, I'm like, I don't have kids and I'm reading it right now. And it's like really helping me also come to terms with some of the stuff that I've experienced as a multiracial person throughout my lifetime. So that's, that's where I'm at. Of course, you know, there's still more, more life ahead of me to, to kind of try those things out. But I I do feel like it first starts with self-reflection on, on what it is that I needed. How ready am I to talk about it? How will I talk about it? And, and that I, I just kind of understanding that it is, I think it is still important, even though there's more mixed people around and there's more diversity in general, that doesn't mean that racism and things don't exist. Yeah. And it is something I think is, is important to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that makes sense. I think my, like how I've evolved was that maybe when we first started doing these things, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> I need to like hang out with Eurasian people in particular and like understand who I am and like figure all that shit out. Cause it's like, I didn't even know this was a thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I need to, you know, and we joked about this all the time too, but I was like, I, I need to have like a Eurasian partner because like, <laughs> I want, I want to have them like, I want to have my kids like you know my background you know and and I want the family to have a shared identity just to you know it's as similar as like you know people wanting to stay in the same religion or whatever Mm -hmm. there's like some type of shared experience that you know is obviously of value to some people right or to a lot of people actually it it makes things simpler in a lot of ways right Mm -hmm. so I was down that road for maybe a couple years you know even right and I think now it's like it's it's obviously didn't go that way but not because it couldn't have it's just that it it really mellowed out for me and I was like I just want to be with people and a partner that I get along with and that I you know I love and and I respect and like that's really all that matters to me now so when I think about my kid I'm like I just want to be honest with them you know it's like they're don't pretend things are not a thing when they're a thing Mm -hmm. you know race is a thing so let's have those conversations where they need to come up but I don't think I'm super bullish about like driving it home that like you're mixed and like blah 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 and like you know what making it a thing it's like I think they're gonna figure that out if we just live in an open and honest and compassionate way Mm -hmm. you know introducing them to their grandparents and like visiting Israel and you know doing the stuff we do with my my dad and it's like that's just going to be part of their life and if it if it needs explaining or they 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 think it needs explaining then you know we'll always have that conversation but i'm not super intense about it like it was maybe a few years ago (laughs) yeah i got it yeah well that's that's beautiful and now i have to ask you for next year we have to do a loving day story with you and janet (laughs) i was thinking of asking you too but i was like oh they just had a baby (laughs) 
we do have to do that story. Yeah. No, that's beautiful, right? You gotta, you know, people come together for from all different cultures and backgrounds and you know, for love. And I think that's wonderful and gorgeous. And also it's nice, it's a nice approach or a really good approach that you're talking about, kind of keeping the door open, introducing Ayala to like her family and to culture and travel and then having those conversations when they come up and as they're they're needed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because also in my like in my experience too, mm-hmm. my personal experience, I think I came, I got off easier than a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. So I, like for me, it's like let's not make something, let's make not let's not make it something that it wasn't. You know, like for mm-hmm. me, like I didn't have a particularly traumatizing experience with my race or whatever. So I, I don't feel like I need to dwell on it because that wasn't my personal experience. Yeah. So so it's like I don't want to like hammer it home to her and like make it a thing if it's, if it's not a thing maybe she really grows up like me kind of being like a happy kid and it was never really an issue you know so mm-hmm. yeah why, why make it more complicated than it needs to be absolutely and have you and Janet had conversations about like culture and heritage and what have they looked like oh totally and like and we've gotten fights over it too it's <laughs> like because like and then like this is and this is so far and it, it plays right into what we were talking about before about how like mixed is a spectrum you know and like mm-hmm. I said some things that were super triggering to her because of my experience as a mixed person and her experience as a mixed person. So it's like, I've said things that are like, you know, she's half Moroccan and half Ukrainian Jew on both sides. So she could, you know, if you grew up in Toronto, she could look Italian mm-hmm. or she could look Greek or something, right? And growing up in Toronto, those people in my circles were always on the white spectrum, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like they would, be, you you never be like, oh, that black person, the Greek lady or or do you know what I mean but whereas that might be the case that might have been the case like 60 years ago in Toronto you know Mm -hmm. when everybody was Anglo-Saxon right Right. so it's like that that, that color shifts but for her she grew up in Vancouver Mm -hmm. where it it was predominantly Anglo-Saxon so it's like her color tone was viewed as something not white, mm-hmm. right? So like me making some comments like, oh yeah, you're like, you're white. Cause that's how, like, that's what I associated yeah. with white. Like, like her color was not, not white to me, you know? And then it took a lot of educating on my side being like, oh yeah, shit, that was a big no-no. Like what? Yeah. So it's just, it just speaks to like how it's so on a spectrum and like, even as a mixed person, you can say fucked up shit. Sorry, you can say you can, you can say okay. you, you can swear yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> you, you can say fuck, fucked up shit to other mixed people without even realizing it, just yeah. based on your own lived experience, right? Which is interesting and humbling uh, yeah. at the same time, for sure. Yeah. No, absolutely, and it brings up a really important point about like you know being in a partnership and still having to do that, like that work together with you know your partner and in your family and friends, like where you have. The those teachable moments where you're like, oh, wait, okay, that wasn't okay. And we need to talk about it. And also not brush those conversations under the rug too. Cause they're, those are, are really important. Especially now that you're, you're parenting a little boo-boo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also kind of looking at things from where we grow up and how we grow up paints the way that we see things. Like I've said some, I've said some fucked up things too. I sometimes still find myself like, I will never ask, say, ask like, what are you? But sometimes when I'm about to ask someone their mix or what their background or where they're from, and I'm like, oh no, don't. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just 
be a little bit more thoughtful because it's something that I just, I say things out of curiosity, but then I also remember like how I've been asked certain questions or spoken to in certain ways that have made me felt either like othered or misunderstood. I still sometimes fall into those. Yeah, I, I moments. 100% do that too. And, and that's based on my own upbringing. Like I was always raised to be super proud of my both sides by my family, you mm-hmm. know? So when people ask me that, it's always, was always like a point of pride, you know? Yeah. To, to be like, oh yeah, I'm like this mix or whatever. And it was never an insult to me, but you know, when you don't necessarily, you might not come from that upbringing or you, you might not have had those type of interactions or that type of support. And those type of questions trigger something that is like, yeah, othering or something of that nature. And it has a different, a totally different impact as, as it would to somebody like me. So absolutely. I'm glad that you had, like, it's good to hear that you had an upbringing where you were, you know, your, your backgrounds and your heritages were something to be to be proud of um and that came from both sides of your of your your family i i wish i wish i (laughs) not not that it wasn't i didn't feel proud to be filipino or or canadian It, it was more just the conversations weren't there so I felt like when I would be asked questions and sometimes I felt like I was being interrogated about where I was from, I didn't have, yeah. like, I wasn't like, oh, I should say it like this. You know, I would be like, oh, why are they looking at me? You know, that kind of thing. That and maybe I was just more of a sensitive kid. <laughs> yeah. And I think I definitely had this <laughs> element of like aloofness. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, stays with me to a certain extent now, even though I've tried to work on it a lot, but it's like, I also had to, was like, these people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you 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 I have mean, that like, like that. I don't give a fuck kind of attitude yeah, I, in a, I, in the best I, way possible. Yeah, I, I definitely not to say I don't. Obviously, I, I my feelings can be hurt, and then deep down under the layers, there's a sensitive guy under there. But it, but I do definitely have that element where I'm just like, I just don't care like what you think. So and that's something I think you know you're born with to a certain degree. So I had that natural armor, and then you know a pretty good upbringing in terms of what you know people said about my my mixedness. So, you know, that's a double whammy that I, I kind of lucked out on. Yeah. Well, and you know what? We had very different experiences, you know, coming to this place and, and before meeting each other. But we we made we made something happen. Mixing the six became a thing. And I know I'm kind of bringing it back there just because I just want to. And it's my show. But I do feel like having that sense of community and a space for people to connect all, like really did help other people to connect with their mixedness and kind of start to put together the pieces like both you and I have in, in our own ways. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, going back, wait, I want to ask about ILN, what you're kind of excited for as she gets older in daddyhood. You know what? I've been trying to take it day by day. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm such a, I'm never living in the moment. I, like that's, I think comes with being super goal oriented. You're always thinking mm-hmm. about the next thing. And with her, I'm just not even trying to think about that. You know, I'm just like, I'm trying to enjoy every moment, which I really think I've been doing a pretty good job with. And you know what? Whatever happens, the next minute happens. But I think as long as she's loved, we're open and honest with her. She's going to turn out to be a great kid. Yeah. <laughs> she's so loved and i i really mean it at the next mix in the things event she better be there and i'm going to not give her back <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> you're already training her for the dance floor oh yeah i well she's a gazelle or what was it like a little yeah. little deer yeah, gazelle, she's gonna, no, she's gonna jump gazelle. around yeah janet, janet and i my partner like we like to dance and party. yes there so, we go it's in her genes know, it might it might be a bit less 
alcohol heavy than before, <laughs> but you know, that's not going to stop us from, from crushing the dance floor. You know, you, 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 you've seen me there. You've oh seen yeah. Me, you, you can, you can cut more. a rug. I can cut a rug. I can cut a rug. Not bad yeah. for my side. So can, so can your, your dad and, and his partner. Yes. My hot dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's very handsome. Actually, now, okay. Do you remember? I think it was the second comedy show. My parents came and my sister and your parents came. And at the end, when people were like kind of going home, the music was still playing. It was like the people left in the dance floor were your parents and my parents. (laughs) And then and I was like, oh, I guess we know where this seed came from. I know. Yeah. They were crushing it. Yeah, that's how we roll, you know? Yeah. Never seen a dance floor we can't slay. No, definitely slay all day on the dance floor. It's Listen, everyone who's been to our events or have wished to be at our events, one day it will happen. And we also need, we need Han because Han's got all the connects. <laughs> for the good venues yeah yeah true. yeah true. and the it'll, food it'll happen again yeah. as soon as we're allowed to it'll happen well before we're kind of getting to the end of our time but i i want to just kind of also just give you an opportunity to share i know we're talking about favorites softest falafel mama liga but i i'm just curious like just want to open the door for you to share around like what's coming up for you how can people taste some of your food get in touch follow your journey yeah absolutely I mean, right now I'm still the chef at Favorites Thai Barbecue. Instagram handle is at MyFaveThai. My personal Instagram is at HanPC, H-A-A-N-P-C. And I update all my events on there. And then, yeah, Saftas Falafel at Saftas, S-A-F-T-A-S Falafel. And you know what? You can find all that other stuff on my Instagram. So it's just easier to, to go on there. But I'm always up to something. I'm always hustling. That's my, that's my vibe. Got a restless mind and a penchant for self-inflicted pain. So (laughs) it just never stops, really. It never stops. I just can't stop. So there's always something going. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Slay all day. When's the next pop-up? Like, is there a date or is there something to... Well, we're doing... We're actually doing a softest falafel. Not sure when this is coming out, but this Sunday, uh, July 18th. And they yeah, happen, we, but they happen every like three six, to yeah. four weeks, generally okay. speaking. Yeah. But yeah, getting more and more popular, like selling hundreds of falafels. And, you know, maybe this is Ayala's retirement fund. The yeah. I, well, and, and doesn't Sapta means grandmother in yeah. Israel, yeah. right? Yeah. It is named after, yeah, after Janet's grandma in Israel. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's your, I'm sure, hopefully, hopefully Ayala likes falafel. <laughs> She better. She's going to yeah. be eating a lot of it. Yeah, at least pureed. Just dab it on the breast. Yeah. Get her, get her, get her, get her, get her ready for it. Make sure she, yeah, to start them young. Okay. Question I ask everyone. What makes you proud to be mixed? I just think it's the unique like lens we get to look at the world with, you know? I think the sad way to look at it is that like you fit nowhere because you're part of two different worlds. But I don't really see it that way, you know? Like we have a very unique lens. We get to view the world from two or more perspectives, which I think is only a benefit, you know, to you as a person and to the people around you to to get those different perspectives also. So yeah, it's just that different lens, man. It's very special and I wouldn't trade it for anything. 
Lovely. Han, I'm so happy we got to reconnect and chat and catch up and see your face. Although I know for everyone listening, you're just listening to our awesome voices. But, you know, Mixing the Six was just something, it is, well, it's still going. We're still doing it. And then, then our earlier times are super special times for me. And I'm, I'm so happy and grateful for all that we were able to create and hopefully we'll create again sometime in the, the near future. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I am super proud of what you've done. And even though we've kind of drifted apart in terms of like our, our collaboration, it's because I'm a psychopath and I need to do one thing at one time, but it's still very special to me in, in a lot of ways. And it was a formative time, you know, for three years and it's, it's like ripples still like ripple into my life. So I'm, I'm always there rooting from the sidelines and we're definitely going to do an in-person event. You know, if I can't be involved all the time, like with the podcast or whatever, I'm going to be there in other capacities, you know? So I'm excited for that. And it's, it's still an important thing to do. So I love you. And it was great connecting. Yay. I'm so, that makes me really happy, even though I knew, I knew it was a yes for future events, but now it's like, we have you, we have you in like verbal contract. (laughs) Spotify contract. Yeah. uh, Podcast contract voices. You've like signed it. We're going to do it. I don't know when, but I know people will love it and it's always an amazing time. So, so much, so much love, Han. We will talk again soon. Totally. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mixed in the Six podcast. Like what you hear and want to support mixed race stories and topics? Head on over to our Patreon for more bonus content. We have cheesy topics such as sexuality, wellness, gender, interviews with special guests and experts, as well as Mixed in the Six merch, all at patreon.com forward slash Mixed in the Six. For a monthly subscription starting with $7 a month, it really, really helps us keep the project going and we will love you forever. And of course, you can show us love on social media, like, comment, subscribe, give us a review and DM us with your mixy story. We love you and talk to you soon. I'm say I'm young, how-